0: The more steady and stable we can keep our hormone panel, the more steady and stable we are mentally, physically, and emotionally, because it's actually the regulation that changes the way someone will feel a symptom.
1: I'm Emily Goff, a human connection coach, writer, and speaker with an insatiable sense of curiosity and adventure, always asking more questions and using the power of stories to teach, learn, and grow. We boldly explore relationships, connection, and the nuances and complexities of the human experience with compassion, honesty, and a sense of humor with both solo episodes and highly curated guests sharing incredible stories, experiences, and expertise. The room to grow podcast takes the entire idea of growth to the next level, all while covering the uncomfortable topics many of us would like to avoid. There's always more room to grow. Let's do this. Hey, welcome back to the Room to Grow podcast. Emily here, and today's episode was so much fun. My friend Andrew Costa came on, and we're talking all about hormones and how it impacts our emotional and mental health and how it impacts our relationships, most of all. So Andrew is from Fit for All Fitness, and it's a coaching company that's designed to support people with hormone and metabolic imbalance using training, nutrition, and habit mapping techniques. He has he is absolutely brilliant, and he has helped over 2,900 clients and he's also the host of the hormone helper podcast he's absolutely fantastic he absolutely crushes this episode he's got so much amazing knowledge to share i'm really excited for you to meet andrew and to connect with him and i think you're going to learn a lot from this one including we also included a little uh bit uh, about basically men's guide to women's periods (laughs) so if you want to forward this to a man in your life that you think uh would be open to hearing it, I highly suggest that as well. And we've got uh hormone information for both men and women in this episode and how it affects both in a really, really significant way, really surprising ways, actually, that you may not have realized uh or possibly anticipated. And this can help you help to support you live in your your greatest vitality, which is so important for every single aspect of your life. So can't we can't wait for you to listen? Let's do this. This is so much fun, Andrew. I'm so glad that you suggest this. I just came on your podcast as well, recording these back to back. So excited to have you here. And I loved your suggestion for because you came to me about this episode and I was like, oh, why did I not think of this? So we're going to be getting into hormones and health and how that affects our relationships, how that affects our emotional states um I we've got some juicy stuff to get into in this one so I'm pumped thank you for being here
0: (laughs) thanks for having me I am super excited our conversations are always great and that's the funniest part is this like it's almost like we need like a floating mic with us wherever we go and then just the the combos (laughs) we just record them all it's it's phenomenal but I'm uh, I'm pumped you
1: and I work out of the same co-working space and sometimes we do a lot more talking than working like it can like go on for like hours (laughs) at times
0: Yes, yes, this is true, uh, this is so but it's always good conversations.
1: So. It is, it is, oh my gosh. So tell us a little bit about you and what you do and how you how you got into to doing this work.
0: Absolutely, so uh, I'm uh, Andrew, the hormone helper. So uh, essentially I am a registered dietitian, uh holistic nutritionist, which is great. And I have certifications to be able to uh, read blood work. I initially started into this field as a personal trainer. Um, In spending a lot of time working on myself physically, I truly believed and thought like activity was the way and could solve like every problem known to man. Like, let's just over, let's just do more workouts and then it'll be totally fine. Um, What really inspired me to get into the health industry is in my early 20s, I had testicular cancer really, really young. The issues that I experienced through the healthcare system where I kept showing up as someone who was always relatively fit was just very dismissive and people just were like you're over exercising at one point they thought that I had depression they were saying you're just trying to ask for attention and I was so fortunate that I was able to uh, at that point financially afford going to the states to a second opinion and that's when they told me that i had my cancer so the biggest reason for me going into this industry first was selfishly i needed to get back to a place where i felt good because after you do your chemos your treatments there's really no in between between i'm living regular life and like here's where i am so Coming out of that hospital, being 130 pounds, my hormones were a freaking mess. I had lost all the muscle that I had built doing my activity. They were just like, you're good. And I was like, I'm not good. Like, I'm not feeling okay. So started off in personal training first, but even though I was able to get myself into physical shape, I was still having crazy mood issues, it was really hard for me to focus, my digestion was a mess, regardless of what I did, I bloated like a fish, whether it was an apple or something healthy, and I was still not in the physical state that I needed to be, which was high energy, uh, full of just concentration and feeling good and that's where i started to say maybe there is something else to it i stumbled upon hormones through a naturopath and it really inspired me to say to myself how can we heal these hormones how can we be able to shift this hormonal pathway because it really is like the background operating system in someone's life so in working for about a year being able to start as a nutritionist first i then like everyone else you just become in love with it it just sucks you in so dietitian here we come and and that's it so i've really been focusing now on being able to heal people's hormones naturally with food so that way you don't have to rely on a lot of the medication that i i had to at the beginning because i didn't know any better right so it was uh, a a long journey for sure took me about three years to get to a place where I finally felt that I was in a good spot and that I was healed, but it was definitely a journey that was worth it for me.
1: Thank you so much for sharing that. And I just think your story is so powerful. Like your why behind doing this work and the personal experiences, the deeply, deeply personal experience that you had with your health. And at such a young age too, Like how old were you when you found out about the cancer?
0: So I, The Los Angeles doctor said that I was undiagnosed for about two years, like with the scans. So it was probably 18 or 19, which is when testicular cancer is actually present. Like you get it like early teens to like 25. That's where, where it's really high. Um, But when he told me, which was kind of a disbelief thing, um, I was, I was 21 and it was like mid February flew over there. He told me same day. He, and he was not one of those people who was like gentle. He was like, dude, it's cancer. And after you see so many other specialists, you almost like don't believe, I was like, I straight up don't believe you. Like I said, do you mind if I go and check other people and and hear things, but they confirmed it as well too. And and I was glad that it, he, was, he was direct, but it, uh, yeah, it was almost, you know, two and a half years of me going through and dealing with the chronic fatigue and all of the challenges I was having at that point.
1: That's massive. And I just think that that really speaks to your abilities to help the people that come to you because you so deeply understand what it feels like to not feel well. And, and some of the things that I I know we want to get into today is, is how some of these things can affect your relationships. Like this is, this can be massive. So where, where do you typically start with people when they, when they come to you and they are presenting with a, a, you know, a wide variety of different symptoms. So maybe you can actually get into some of the the symptoms that, that people come to you with, where they know something is wrong. They're not feeling super great. Where do you even begin to start to unpack this with people? Because I think part of the problem that I'm sure you see as well, and, and I'd, I'd love for you to speak to this, is that we don't know what we don't know. So if we have been feeling a certain kind of way for long enough, it just becomes our our normal. It becomes our new baseline. And, and then we don't even realize how good we could feel on the other side of taking care of some of these issues. Mm-hmm.
0: There's kind of two points. There's your your physical symptoms, and then there's the actual mental and emotional symptoms, which often that those are going to be the symptoms that people tend to discredit the most. From a physical standpoint, when people are coming to me, they're talking about a lot of digestive issues. They have a lot of chronic pain and inflammation, where their jo- joints are always sore all the time, and their metabolism has changed significantly. The thyroids feel really tender. They're having a lot of issues where maybe they're gaining weight or their body weight is shifting, and they don't understand why, because nothing else has changed. There is a whole different spectrum of now mental and emotional that people will completely write off. And 90% of the people who come to me, they have either been told by the doctor to be put on some type of an anxiety or depression medication, not recognizing that there was a hormonal issue, or the doctor just normalizes it and says, you're just getting older, which like even at 35 or 40, like just saying getting older, like there's 35 and 40 year olds who feel great. So why is it not in, in your case? The mental and the emotional stuff is really interesting. High levels of irritability, random anxiety. So anxiety that triggers or that comes up, even for women specifically during their cycles or during their periods where the anxiety comes up a lot more almost immediate or urgent and they don't understand what triggered the anxiety. Waves of depression. So depression after eating late night depression, which is something that appears a lot as well, where the later it gets into the day, the more and more down you feel, and also lack of mental clarity and lack of focus. So hard for you to remember things hard for you to stay on track, you feel very scattered with yourself, and people are like what's wrong with you like you're you're not normally like this. All of those things often or not are not discredit or not credited to hormone change because they end up being secondary symptoms. So a lot of these hormones, besides affecting your physical body, also affect your brain, which is a muscle. And that's where you start to have a lot of these issues appear.
1: I'm so glad that you dug into that, that you, you mentioned that part about the fact that the mental and emotional symptoms are so easily discredited because I think that even within ourselves, it's so easy to discredit those pieces for, for ourselves. I, I know that if, if I, you know, am experiencing some of the things that you just listed, like, you know, if I feel some, some anxiety coming up or anything like that, my first thought is to sure, get curious about it, but I, I, I tend to just justify to myself why I'm feeling that way. Like, oh, well, there's this thing, or I'm undergoing some stress right now, or this is sort of a lot on my plate at the moment, or it's so easy to write that off. Whereas a physical symptom manifesting, it's, it's sort of more difficult to ignore. It's, Mm. it's a little bit more in your face and with the mental and emotional stuff, like even, even me who works with people around like emotional (laughs) things all the time, that's still kind of easier in my mind to write off and to justify as, as being attributed to something other than these other potential issues.
0: The, the funny part about it is when the hormones change and when you start experiencing these things. Oftentimes the reason why we discredit it is because when it manifests, it's something that we immediately try to contribute it to something else where it's we normalize it almost immediately. Sure. Of course, there's going to be things that frustrate you. There's going to be stress in your life. Like I'm not saying every time you're angry or every time you you have a, a period of, of anxiousness, you're like, it's my hormones. But the thing is, is it's the random nature and it's the intensity that comes on. Like, for example, you have a kid and your are your child, you know, slams a car door. No one in their rational mind is going to lose it. But when you lose it, or if for something from an anxiousness, you completely lose control of that emotion. Those are hormonal waves. So every single one of us has hormones that shift every single day. And they go with what's called our our, um, rhythmic cycle, our circadian rhythm. So when we're starting off in the morning, we should have our highest amount of hormones and kind of like our gas in the gas tank is full but our usage varies wildly through the day. Random periods of stress, random periods of maybe you forgot to eat something or or you're, you're exercising a little bit during this portion. So that energy usage is wild. And so the hormones have to change to compensate that. The more steady and stable we can keep our hormone panel, the more steady and stable we are mentally, physically, and emotionally, because it's actually the regulation that changes the way someone will feel a symptom. So if you have, and this is why most women tend to feel so strongly during seasons when they're like, uh, like having their periods or even going through menopause, because these changes in hormones are very steep. So you'll go from through your period, two days of really high estrogen high levels of estrogen, when the body fights to bring it down, that fight gives you the irritability, gives you the low tolerance to stress because inflammation is building up. And that's when you start to experience that as an emotion. So the higher the high, when we have to change that, or we have to alter that hormone back, that's when it manifests. For men, same thing with men who have really low testosterone irritability comes not from like having testosterone in your body like we all have it you have it it comes from the change when we start to fight to change that level that's when we start to get the irritability the frustration the random explosions and some people they set off like fireworks that's not normal most people aren't walking around on the street just randomly blowing up. They're stable. And it's because for the most part, their hormones are stable too.
1: Mm, this is fascinating. And it's interesting because one of the other things that's coming to mind for me with this is that we all still have to take responsibility for our our emotional states. Right. So we we can't we can't use um some of these other things to like blame or scapegoat in the sense that trying to explain it to the people in our, in our, that we're in relationship with like, oh, I just did this because my hormones are off. Right. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, recognizing that when we can manage and also take responsibility for our own vitality, not only will our relationships (laughs) likely have a greater chance at thriving as a result, but we will just feel better on our own for our own sake in so many ways.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a combination of awareness and a combination of word that you love, communication. (laughs) You, You need to communicate when you're feeling these things. Most partners have no idea of the other, like, so for most of the women that I work with, their partners are not aware of their cycle whatsoever. It's like being on a period is like a hidden secret. It's not. We are taught it in school, right? We've all watched this birth video or something through <laughs> high school, right? If you can if you can go through that, you're okay to talk to your partner about, about your cycle. And if your cycle is varying wildly, you need to communicate that because like you said, yes, you should be responsible for it, but it's also important that they they understand that maybe there are health issues or something is present there that you guys need to look at. And Absolutely. from a, from a period perspective, like your cycle should happen like ev- so every 28 to 32 days should be on the same day. Your cycle will change and link up with other women's cycles because there's a pheromone thing, but should be like clockwork and last no longer than three or four days. The bleeding happens, it goes away, any type of spotting, any type of scattered periods, any type of off or on periods where maybe halfway through the month, it's like a little period action and then you get it a second time all of that is indicating that your hormones are not regulated. Something is going on there that's preventing you from having a regular cycle. You know, and that's something that you need to be aware of and that you need to actively look at. So I always tell people you should be tracking your cycle if you're not. And you should be aware of how that's affecting you too.
1: Yeah. And you know, let's let's talk about the the man's side of this for Mm -hmm. a second well I'd also love to get into a little bit about men's hormones as well because I think that's important for everyone to understand but let's maybe start with like give us the quick and dirty man's guide to women's periods (laughs) (laughs) because I do think that like (laughs) men should know this about their partners
0: (laughs) a hundred percent okay a period is normal bleeding is also normal sometimes heavy bleeding is also normal too don't get weirded out if they ask for a tampon, don't be weird about it. Go and buy it. That's like <laughs> that's a a just a human level of care right yes. there. Now, in terms of the hormonal side of it, a lot of the hormonal change from a woman's period is solely related to the hormone estrogen. So everyone has estrogen and testosterone in their body. Women have estrogen in higher levels for the uh, purpose of reproduction. So the reason why a period happens is because a female is going to shed their their uterine lining so that way next month it can they can be prepared to have a baby they do this multiple times so that way they can always be fertile so a period is necessary for being able to have a healthy and a strong child and if you're in a relationship and you want kids it's really important to have a steady and stable period now most females periods are very stable where the estrogen will raise they'll have their bleed the estrogen will lower and they're not going to experience anything else however if estrogen gets too high your lady partner might want a lot of snacks random cravings for sugar and salt is really common through period so that's a good indicator if estrogen gets high that work down may lead to irritability, may lead to a state of anxiousness. So just being patient and in those, on those three to four days where that's happening, that will be present and then it will go away. And that's what's important is it's a natural cycle and it passes. If it doesn't pass, that's where you guys wanna be looking at that on how to be able to regulate that. Uh, But that is the basics for, what I believe men need to know for, for sure.
1: I love it. I love it. And I love the patience piece too, because, you know, I, I I'm, I'm pretty fortunate. I don't, I don't tend to get like, you know, really, I, I know so many women who deal with some really severe sometimes symptoms when it comes to their period. I'm really fortunate for the most part, I, I don't a huge amount, but there are some months where I get super anxious, like leading up to my period or during and uh maybe a little bit irritable but for me it, it's usually like anxiety and like fears that start coming to the surface and it feels so real when you're in it and then it can be like three or four days later and I'm like sunshine and rainbows again I'm like oh yeah no everything's good yeah. I don't know what I was so freaked out about <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my god it's great yeah
1: <laughs> everything's fine it could feel like whiplash in that, mm-hmm. in that regard <laughs> So I want to get into, um, women's stuff as well, but let's, let's stick with the men for a minute and tell us a little bit more about testosterone. And then we'll also get into fertility overall, because obviously that, that affects both, but tell us a little bit more about testosterone, because especially in the last, you know, I feel like decade or so, there's been a lot more attention on testosterone and what does it do for men? Why is it so important? Um, what do they need to look for in terms of how to manage it, how to increase it naturally in some ways? Tell us, tell us more about that.
0: I will say, gents listening, your testosterone has been under attack for like years now. And the numbers are really staggering. My great grandfather had 30% more testosterone than I do today. And there's a reason why when you look at people in the 50s and the 60s, their body composition, their mood, their physicality, also their digestive issues compared to what we have now is completely different. Really hard to find a guy that was overweight in the 50s and the 60s. Really hard to find someone who didn't have a lot of muscle mass or who wasn't physically strong and also who wasn't mentally stable. Mental stability has dropped, not because guys are losing their minds, but because testosterone is a muscle improving hormone, and your brain is a muscle. So when we have lower levels of testosterone, we have poor neural connectivity, which means we don't regulate our emotions well. Yes, you need to learn what emotions are and regulate them, like you need to be responsible in that aspect. But these random periods sometimes so what happens with testosterone is because it is a muscle repair and a muscle producing hormone the higher level of testosterone you have and the more stable your testosterone level means that your brain fires the neurons and repairs the neurons in your brain very quickly so it's a lot easier for us to experience an emotion understand how to process it and be the rock or become stable in that moment. Men whose testosterone levels vary, which actually, unlike women whose cycles change, men's cycle should never change. So as a man, your testosterone levels will peak 22 to 23 years old. You have the highest amount that you'll ever have. And then through your entire life, you will lose it slowly until you're about Sixty-five, 70, you might be at 10% of what you had. That's normal. This is why you don't find 80 year olds who are just jacked and they're huge. And they're like, it, it, it's normal for it to make that conversion. But on a mental and an emotional perspective, the big issue now is that we have a lot of estrogen that is surrounding our life. There's estrogen in water. And you know, what's crazy is they test tap water and estrogen is there. So, you know, the water filtering plants, and this is for like everybody, guys, girls, everyone, when women take birth control, they put estrogen in them. They go to the washroom, that water goes to a treatment plant. Thousands of people put that chemical in and the treatment plant doesn't clear hormones from water you get it from tap water, you get it from chemicals in food that's used as preservatives, you get it from microwaving plastics. And for men, you also get it by having your cell phone literally in your pocket in front of your nuts. And it literally sits there and you cook them. Like it's wild. Like you're like, oh, I'd never cook my testicles. You do it every day. Like it's crazy how intense that all of those things can affect you over years.
1: I can feel so many men right now, like taking their phones (laughs) out of their pockets because they just had a panic attack.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah. They're like, what on earth? But it's crazy. Like just that little bit of radioactivity is enough for you to, to feel that now your testosterone is not going to change in a day, but think 30 years, think 40 years of this bleeding into your system. It affects the way that your testosterone is created. And testosterone and estrogen will always fight for dominance. So if you have a slow increasing one of one, that becomes your dominant hormone. So a lot of men now tend to be estrogen dominant. And so their neural activity is not getting the repair and the firing that it normally does. So this can lead to men becoming aggressive randomly. So they've done tests with men who have 20 to 25% of what they should have, and their irritability is through the roof, their frustration is through the roof, they have no patience, because the calming effect of testosterone is not present. And that's the best part about improving or strengthening those muscles, even your brain muscle is you get a calming effect when those hormones are stable. So if it's not present, then those things can happen.
1: So well, this is fascinating because I I I think that I have often been under the impression because we I think more culturally we are sort of and this is probably like over like decades have almost been taught that high testosterone equals aggression. Mm-hmm. And you're saying something else that it's like when when the levels are actually way too low that's when there's more likely to be like random outbursts. Can you mm-hmm. can you tell us a little bit more about that?
0: The reason why people experience high testosterone equaling aggression. So, when I said earlier about your body's going to fight to bring you to a natural level, just like you can have too low, you can have excessively high. Most of the men who have excessively high testosterone have it because they're trying to put something into their body that creates that. When we get testosterone from another source, or when we have irregularly high levels and there's conditions for it, men can have growth hormone issues and stuff. Your body is always saying, this is not normal. I need to fight to bring it down to a level. And that fight of that testosterone decline to a natural level also can cause these irritability. Now, it's really easy to physically see people with high testosterone because they all have the same symptoms skin's paper thin and they they're red they're red like they're on fire how many people have you come across that you're like i can almost see through your entire body and see the blood behind you because that high level in that fighting goes into your bloodstream you can actually physically see it you can see the the excess testosterone that's in someone also really really high levels of the muscle mass and Almost every single one of them are bald because that is a factor of testosterone issues. So it's easy to find that. But that's why a lot of people have this fear of having a higher level testosterone because they don't want to be aggressive. It's as long as your level is stable and it's within a normal range, you'll never come across that as a problem.
1: That is so interesting, thank you for explaining that because I had never i I didn't realize uh some of the the nuanced details about that. so <clears throat> what about um let's switch gears a little bit into fertility because we keep hearing that uh, sperm levels are going to be nada by what is it twenty twenty forty five twenty forty three something Crazy. like that yeah yeah so what what does all of this mean and Fertility issues can also cause and it can be an enormous, enormous cause of stress for so many couples as well. What can people do to really boost their fertility if they are trying to conceive? And for anyone who isn't trying to conceive, it's still important to know these things because you want to know how not to get pregnant as well.
0: That's true.
1: It's also (laughs) still really important to come from a place of wanting to have the vitality. Like I said earlier, because you, you want to have all of your hormones in top shape. Like I I've, I've heard people say before, like, oh, well, I don't want kids. So it doesn't matter, but it does though, because it's still affecting all of these other areas in your body and in your life, it's having a cascade effect. You still want to have as much vitality as you possibly can to be functioning at your highest levels in, in different areas.
0: You know, it's a really big indicator of vitality, your libido. If you Ooh, are not talking, feeling, <laughs> yeah, if you're not feeling the the want or the urge for sexual interaction, your your vitality is a big concern because the body is very smart, male or female. If you are not physically capable of having or conceiving a child, it won't let you. So for men. If your hormone levels are too low, if your body's too fatigued, you will not have erections. You will not have the want or the urge or the sexual drive because the body's like, I don't have energy for that. And so many of us discredit it. Like we wake up every day and we're like, I got an erection, great, right? You only regret it when you don't. And then you're like, oh, this really sucks. But that's a really, really big indicator. And for females, the same thing. If your body is actually not having a period, you're not bleeding at all. It's also saying that you're not ready to have a child because what it's saying is, is I'm not gonna do the work. I'm not gonna do the prep work in your womb if I don't believe that you're ready. And that's, so this issue that you're saying now where men's sperm levels are a lot lower. So what's happening is, is your overall testosterone comes from a couple things, comes from genetics. Number one comes from how often you move your body. So your level of your muscle mass, and it comes from whether or not you have a high level of estrogen. So if my family was never active, my level's low. If I don't exercise and I'm not strong, my level's lower. And then I eat estrogen food and my level's super small because i do not have the muscle strength capacity and ability to produce that the body's not going to waste time making sperm or doing that stuff to make to have pregnancy that's wasted energy it's like i need to move i need to function i can't worry about creating another human being creating another life is a luxury when we're thriving When we have the ability, the safety, the food, the water, the human connection, only then do we have all the things we need to have a child. And most people just take it as a, I was born, so I just automatically assume that I can, that I can just do it. And people don't realize it's a really large issue that I'm seeing now, and I don't know if you're seeing it in terms of the, the couples and partners you're speaking with, is... People are losing their kids. They're having miscarriage. They're not taking babies fully to term. They two people want to go into uh, you know a, a relationship to have a child, and then guy goes to the doctor and he's like, "I've been firing blanks for years. You'll never know." And now the other person super disappointed. They might blame you. I I can't even imagine the emotions that come through that. But that's so hard because a lot of this stuff takes a long time to reproduce, right? It it takes a long time to fix and to to get back into a normal level, right? Like it's even harder for women because women have a limited time. They also have a limited amount of eggs. So it's really tough. And now you add that with the fact that a lot of people aren't emotionally or financially ready to have kids they try later which decreases your chance right like my mom had me when she was 17. i'm 31 i don't even have my first kid yet so even if we try in two years the reality is is it's being pushed back later and that's a big challenge for people, too, on how they're going to navigate their relationships if they can't do that yeah.
1: there's there's so much um, angst and and i don't I don't have personal experience with that, but I know uh, for myself, I mean, because i i I personally don't actually want to have children. but um, I know so many people who, have struggled with, with that, uh, within themselves, within their relationships. Um, I'll actually reference another podcast episode that I did with, uh, with a dear friend of mine who, um, she and her husband had, uh, two miscarriages and they, they, they were both on and they were talking about it. Um, and just some of the things that, that came up with that. And she's actually also a hormone expert. Nice. And so she'd been preparing her body for years and, and that, that really like hit her even harder and, and they've gone on to have, um, uh, you know, beautiful baby boy and they're about to have their second. And oh, yeah, so it, yeah. yeah, they were really able to, to work with that, but it's, that is a devastating issue to, to deal with. And it's, it, the, the, the things that that can bring up and the resentments and the, the shame sometimes too. There can be so many different, there's a wide spectrum that can come up with that. So when it comes to to women as well, I, I would love for you to speak a little bit more to the women in terms of what can be done to stabilize their hormones. So what are some of the most common things that you're seeing? I know you're obviously talking about like the estrogen dominance and that that can yeah. sort of like take over. What are some of the, the issues that women are coming to you with and how are you working with them to help them regulate their, their hormones?
0: The three hormones that I always see that are out of whack, and and it's because they talk to each other. Well, the fourth one is testosterone. But again, it's the conversation piece. It's estrogen, it's your thyroid, and it's cortisol. So we talked about estrogen being in an estrogen high. And the easy way to fix that is to remove other things that cause excess estrogen so to look at the chemicals that are in food for preservatives so trying to buy things that are pesticide free or being conscious of where you're getting your your foods from is really important deodorants and makeups are all estrogen based because get that's how they get them to stick to your skin like glue so getting organic makeups and getting um, even organic deodorants sure you might have to apply it a few times during the day that's a lot better than think of like those like 24 hour deodorants like if it if it literally says it lasts for 24 hours you're sucking that into your skin for 24 hours and a lot of people don't realize that so that causes estrogen to seep in and then watching your birth controls and your medication So of course, some people have to be on those medications for, you know, specific health reasons. But if you're looking at it from a, just to control the fact that you don't wanna have kids and stuff, there's other alternatives that are out there that are safer than altering your hormone panel. Because those things just kind of hold estrogen back like a dam and your estrogen builds in the background. And then when you stop that medication, you're gonna deal with the aftermath. So estrogen in females, besides the um, the anxiousness and, and the, the changes in mood causes a lot of bloating and abdominal discomfort. So really high estrogen will attack what's inside your stomach and you'll feel bloated and distended, leads to a lot of skin issues. So you're gonna have dry skin, you're gonna have dandruff, you might have like psoriasis, and then it also leads to the weight. That's a, a big part, your weight is gonna change for female second hormone is gonna be thyroid. So your thyroid, think about it like the thermostat of your like your house that is your body. When your thermostat dial is set to cold, it runs slow. And you'll feel that, cold hands and cold feet, you can't warm up, your body feels weak. When you uh, stand up or you, you uh, sit up really quick, you get that blood loss and that dizziness that happens. And also the thyroid means that you're not gonna be tolerating stress very well. So overwhelm will happen to you a lot more frequently, or you just can't tolerate doing multiple things at once. That's because your body, just like your thermostat, it's throttling you down. It's trying to slow you down so it can cope at some level. And your thyroid gets involved whenever multiple hormones are out of whack it's kind of like the helper right we can control the dial a little bit but ultimately it has a limitation to how far you can change so ways that females can work on their thyroid is implementing more salt into their diet people are afraid of salt and actually salt is what helps suck water into your body and helps with the hydration so having more salt having foods that are high in zinc so a lot of nuts and seeds which are really great and magnesium magnesium is phenomenal especially at night helps the thyroid reset helps you slow down and relax and wind down into a spot where you actually can get to sleep and it betters your recovery the last hormone is cortisol which is high for everyone these days i think everyone's just stressed through the roof combination of COVID, just lifestyle. Um, It's really about managing your active stressors. So I'm sure you, Emily, talk a lot about managing stressors in relationship, you have physical stressors, and you have mental stressors. So activity is a physical stressor, don't over exercise, especially if you're someone who's already in a high stress state, it's going to throw your stress off even more. That's number one making sure that you're sleeping at least your eight hours to help reduce the amount of stress that's floating through your body. And then you need to start doing the real work, which is acknowledging what's mentally stressing you out. So uh, mental stressors and emotional stressors also register the same thing. You get a fight or flight response. Like Have you ever had an argument with someone and you get fired up and you're literally like, I'm just so mad and you get this adrenaline rush. You altered your hormones in that moment. Or have you ever experienced a sadness where you were so upset where you lost sleep the whole night because you couldn't go to sleep because you were up. You altered your hormones in that moment. So For women, it's really important to manage those because all three of them talk to each other. Cortisol is your energy usage hormone. Estrogen is your energy storage hormone. And your thyroid is the person who helps out both. You need a little bit here. I'll help you here. You need a little bit there. So in that three-way conversation, we want to make sure that we're trying to help each piece individually so they don't have to talk to each other as much.
1: What a fantastic explanation that, that was just like, so thank you. That, that was beautiful. (laughs) And I feel like you gave like such great tangible tools there as well. Now, obviously I think that it is, um, and I want, I want your take on this, but I feel like it is important to get labs done rather than guessing. Right.
0: True. yes. Oh yeah. Blood work is great. Um, one thing I'll say about blood work, blood work is like a screenshot in time. So like, it's like you take a picture in front of a house and then like you turn, you're like, why is that window broken? Like that wasn't (laughs) here on the picture. You're like, what? Like it's so quick that hormones can change depending on like what you've eaten and stuff. What I recommend that people get is like a saliva test called the Dutch test. Dutch tests are beautiful because they show you over the span of a few days. So people can take the test home. It like, goes to your to your mailbox. Uh, And essentially, you either do it via saliva or urine, you'll just whatever do it like you start one day, and then it goes over a two day period. So then it shows you how many hormones are being created, what you're using on a given day, and then what you're left with at the end. So it gives a more complete picture. But at the very least, like doing lab work is still really effective, like doctors have been doing that for years, because it gives you your current levels too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's super useful. Oh my gosh. Andrew, I could talk to you all day about this because there's so many different angles. Is is there anything before we start wrapping up and we let people know how they can connect with you that we haven't touched on yet that you want people to know?
0: Uh, I think the regulation of emotions, um, mm-hmm. which is, is really important. Um, the way that just like people can take stock of their food and figure out what foods are tracing and stuff and how they're digesting. Emotions at the raw core are things that build progressively over time. And emotions once recognized, you know whether it's true or whether it's something that's not like you. Many people aren't paying attention to when they feel an emotion. They're just feeling and then it's over with. And then they're not quite sure whether or not that that actually happened to them, or they experienced an emotion. I think it's really important where if you're like, you know, this emotions not normal, I'm feeling it at random, it's very sporadic, or why did I blow up like that? Whenever we feel a type of regret or resentment for the way that we feel, it's typically because it wasn't genuine. And the body is a really good, like it it, it has that mechanism to tell you ah, that wasn't genuine. It wasn't something I feel guilty about this. So take the time to acknowledge that as well. So that way, when you're feeling these emotions, it's something where you get to be in the driver's seat and say, you know, like, how am I actually feeling versus is this just something that's reactively happening to me?
1: And again, like the empowerment that comes with that, like, sure, it can be difficult to look at those pieces, but what's the alternative? Like you, you actually get to take ownership of it and to do something about it when you are willing to look at those, those parts and to own the fact that, you know, I don't love how I just behaved and what's underneath that and getting curious about that. That's really, really important. Yeah. Super helpful. Oh my gosh, Andrew, this is like wildly helpful. Thank you so much. I want to make sure that people know how to work with you and how to connect with you professionally too, so that they can like actually start working on some of these things. So tell us what you got.
0: (laughs) A hundred percent. So one of the great ways that we start working with people is essentially our eight-week hormone reboot program. Uh, Hormones, just like a computer, need to be updated in order for you to have this kind of new efficiency, right? Like you all got computers at home. They're not running on you know, Windows 94, hopefully, right? <laughs> You've got an updated system. And the way that we do that is we do it naturally through food. So we're showing someone how to eat right for their body type. We walk them through how to balance their hormone panels. And once they're stable, you're going to have a process and a, and a system in place on being able to manage these hormones moving forward, because there are still going to be things that happen in your life, different stressors, job changes that might impact the way that your hormones happen in the future so it's a really great way to reset through that program as well we also help with a lot of digestive issues uh, bloating abdominal discomfort inflammation to random foods so that is the best way for someone to get started Um, and then of course we overview the blood work and we hop on regular calls to make sure that you're getting the support you need so that is the uh the best thing and uh if you have um I guess a moment. You can uh, check out some information on that program on the uh, website. Uh, that's uh, fitforallfitness.com, and uh, and it's right there on the um, on the beginning page. It talks a lot about the uh, the hormone reboot program.
1: Amazing! I can't wait for people to connect with you because I I know your work really well. I know you really well, and I know that you're just doing incredible things and. I just love the approach that you take and you just bring so much knowledge to the table. Like people are in such safe hands when when they get to work with you.
0: <laughs> Thanks. Oh, I feel so happy now. A, <laughs> well, I got to say, my wife doesn't normally compliment me, right? So that's, I feel fantastic. <laughs> when, <obviously. laughs> she, is, she is good. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I always love our conversations because you and I are, and, and I will confidently say this, we are, we are coaches who just are seeking to understand. We're not just looking to throw a bunch of information out there. It's really about that self care and making sure that people understand what is happening to them and why these things are in their life. Uh, because knowledge is power, and ultimately, you know, we want to be the the best coaches in your corner to help support you. So having having conversations with you, it's it's easy. I appreciate it.
1: Oh, my gosh! Thank you so much. Well, and i always we'll we'll list everything in the show notes for everyone to connect with you um and to go grab your program as well to sign up for that. And I always wrap up with one final question, which is if you had to give people one just one piece of advice on growing into the best possible version of themselves, what would it be?
0: Oh, this has nothing to do with hormones. Speak your own thoughts.
1: Ooh. Every
0: single day in my life, I lived probably for the first, I'd say from twenty to even just saying that makes me feel makes me feel stuff um there was a long time in my life where i felt that i had to be a watered down copy of someone else Mm -hmm. in order to be able to belong to fit in or to develop some purpose and it literally cost me 10 years of my life it's not the way that i wanted to show up as a person not that i was a bad person it's just i wasn't my person So when I come into anything, a relationship, a partnership, working with someone, I'm helping somebody, it's always from my state. And when I make decisions based off of where I want to go in for me, then I can look back and I can confidently say like, that was 100% Andrew. Like I, I was definitely like, The side character of my story for a long time because I was just trying to do what other people wanted. So think your own thoughts. Like that's, I will leave it at that.
1: Andrew, I'm tearing up.
0: Right. That's, (laughs) I I said to myself, wasn't, wasn't going to dip, but it happens. And then that's, yeah. I Um, tend to have
1: a gift of making guests cry (laughs) on this podcast. I actually take it as a badge of honor, but.
0: It is, it is oh good. My gosh. Well, people need to be real. And, and that's just, look, you all know what's fake these days, right? Mm-hmm. I, you, you know, nothing polished is ever that that polished. So I, I just, you have to live genuine to yourself. It's the only way that you're going to be able to live with yourself at the end. So that's, that's a big thing for me. Yeah.
1: Thank you for sharing your truth with us and just being so open. Thank you so much. I appreciate you.
0: <laughs> Not a problem. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Thank you so much for listening. If you want more, one of the most common questions I get is where do I even start doing this work to create deeper connections and better relationships? I've got a free 15 page guide for you called Where Do We Begin? This is the very foundation that you need to start building healthy relationships with others and with yourself. This is my gift to you and multiple people have referred to it as (laughs) life-changing. You can find it over at roomtogrowpodcast.com or check the show notes to go download it and have it sent straight to your inbox. Thanks so much and stay tuned for more
0: episodes weekly.